How's it hanging? Mm, hey. Welcome to the KO Tuesdays. 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 Hey man, I feel like I'm 50, that's for sure. Yeah, happy uh, <laughs> 50th uh, episode birthday, fellas. Yeah, guys. Yes. Yeah, I can't believe we've done 50 of those things. Who would have thought, man? And and we're doing a little reminiscing now because next week is our one year anniversary. So a year ago, Nate Nate showed a picture of us all testing out the call. Just a uh, bunch of guys didn't know what we were doing and just thought, let's put this together and see what happens. And here we are a year later. That's insane. That went by quick. Sure you've heard Ups, that some downs and a whole hell of a lot of <laughs> whole hell of a lot of good guests and yep. great giveaways we've given away oh, over the course of the year um it'd be interesting to put it together and see how much stuff like how much <laughs> thing, how much stuff has been given away on the show either either you know by uh by us or or more importantly, by all the companies that come on, everybody's always oh, yeah. willing to give something away, and I think that's that's uh, that's super cool. So, I mean, I, you know, I wonder how we tally I mean, it up, with, like with how the, much stuff we have we've actually been able to give away on the show. It'd be interesting uh, metric. Love it. We got some guests. How much Propeat pro is uh, <laughs> as the Pocock family giving away? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But uh, we got some guests this evening. We got the watch party crew. Hey, tonight they are joining us because they got balloons and everything. So they know that you know they had to come on. And t shirts. And they got t shirts. Yeah, t shirts. That's awesome. I think, like on episode 30, one of you, 35, maybe one of you guys, we were talking, and one of you guys told me, yeah, we want to bring balloons on 50. And I actually forgot about it up until this last week. <laughs> well planned out. So, so I gotta ask, do you do you ladies actually listen into the show a little bit, or are you guys kind of hanging every out every Tuesday? Every Tuesday, yeah. all right, all right. every Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Awesome. That's awesome. How do you guys get out there and mow too during the during the season? Did they let you? Both- I do. My yeah. husband's a pilot, so he's never home. So <laughs> somebody's got to do it. One does. <laughs> one does. Uh, that's awesome we're glad you guys are here hell yeah for sure so welcome and we also have my boy from dirty jersey kevin <laughs> runston on the show he's our uh he's our main uh, guest of point in terms of talking about grass and turf grass and research farms and nice. what it takes to run a research farm what kind of stuff they're doing on research farms what the hell is a research farm all of those things. So um, I'm going to introduce Kevin Runstrom, buddy of mine. We met um, a little over a year ago, and um, you know we've been been staying in touch and stuff. So Kevin, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of give us like a little little quick and dirty about what it is you do, and then we'll start hopping into some questions and let the chat take it away and see where we're at. Well, right oh, before oh, you first, do that, first, yeah. yeah, before we do that. Oh yeah, we got to raise a glass now. A lot of us are are on our uh, New Year health kick, myself included. I always try oh, to yeah. dry it out. I always dry out for the first couple months of the year, um, and 
you know, prove to myself that I don't have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, everybody raise your green teas, waters or whatever you got. If you're not, if you're not on, if you're not (laughs) on a dry jam, I I want what the watch party's got. (laughs) It looks way tastier than what I got. If if you're not on a dry January, cheers to you. Yeah. uh, Grab a glass off the grass. Kevin, take it away, my brother. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, you know, I was here when Brent was originally talking about doing this a year ago. So just to see you guys kind of get to episode 50, that's a huge congratulations. Um, you know, whole year doing this podcast, that's really cool. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. So again, congrats. And, and you know, I look forward to talking to you guys about Turfgrass and answering any questions along the way. Um, I originally, when I met Brent and Longenuity, I was uh, selling fertilizer. So within the past year, I switched into a different role to where I accepted a job with a company called Aquatrols Corporation of America. And they wanted me to manage their research farm, their private entity research farm. So that's what I've been doing since March 1st of 2021. And it's been a wild ride since. And um, it, it's been a very interesting endeavor. So I've been very humbled to do it. And the entire learning process has been um, with the research and development team. It's been side by side with the president and CEO. I've been very lucky to be in the position I'm at. And you know, just as a background, kind of what got me to the position I'm at now is I went to school for turf grass management. So Rutgers University, when I got out of high school, went straight into the four-year program for Rutgers University Turfgrass Management. I finished that up with a bachelor's degree. I did internships at Pine Valley Golf Club. I went out to the old course in St. Andrews and worked in Scotland. I worked on Trump Philadelphia. I worked at a Bill Corn Ben Crenshaw course, Hidden Creek Golf Club. And I sold fertilizer for a year, like I said. And then it took me to the position I'm at now. So it's been a wild ride um, of my 16 year turf career. I'm only 32 years old. So it's a young turf career. I'm I'm still a young guy. So um, the interest of networking and taking me to the next step, like I'm always looking for the next thing. So um, I'm going to be in this position for foreseeable future. And then I hope to eventually grow and eventually, you know, blossom into something else in the future. So uh, Rutgers University, some golf course work, some research work, and now I'm with Aquatrol. So um, humbled in the position. The year has been a hell of a learning curve. And, uh, you know, I look forward to next year. I'm kind of in that winterization world. So, you know, March 1st, I'll be kicking back up, mowing grass again and taking care of a 10-acre research farm all by myself. So, guys, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask like how big it is, but 10 acres, that sounds good. Like, so what is it? I mean, what is a, what does yeah, it look what like? She is, said. It, is, it all, <laughs> is it all broken up into smaller like subsections where you have individual projects running at once or kind of how does that, how does that work as far as how you utilize that 10 acres? Um, yeah. Well, the actual website for the farm is aquatrolls.com slash aura farm so a-u-r-a-f-a-r-m and 
Um, so it actually, you know, it has its own entity now online through Aquatrols, and it's broken up to turf grass and agriculture. So there is um, research plots for turf grass. So I have four half acre plots. I have a acre and a half fairway. I have two green complexes, one champion Bermuda grass and one 007 bent grass. And then I have three acres of agricultural station, which we kind of broke up into um, three kind of parts last year. One part was one acre of corn. Another part was a half acre of zucchini and squash. And then another area was like a recreational garden where we grew everything under the sun. So, um, you know, we have zoysia grass, we have Bermuda grass, we have rye grass, Kentucky bluegrass, bent grass. Um, I have peach trees, I got apple trees, raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, goji berries. Um, it's, it's a lot of different things going on out there. So it's broken up kind of like the east side and the west side. A lot of turf grass um, kind of takes over the field, but there's some agricultural stuff kind of scattered through the, the 10 acres. Awesome. Awesome. Holy, mm-hmm. you got yourself damn near half a uh, research farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. He's it is, it is a lot of research. <laughs> Still learning. Holy's oh, yeah. researching turf type tall fescue. <laughs> <laughs> So Aquatrol doesn't do anything residential, right? They don't do anything for homeowners. Cause, but can you tell us what what Aquatrols is and like what kind of product it is that you're that you're testing and you're you're trying out in these different um, particular these particular crops, whether it be different types of turf turf grass, um, different heights of cut in terms of you know fairways and greens, um, and and obviously the you know, agricultural stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let me first like kind of uh, describe Aquatrols as a company, and then I'll give a little bit more description of kind of like the the research fields that are out on the farm. Um, Aquatrols Corporation of America is uh, about 65 years old. They recently sold into private equity about five years ago. So it was originally a family owned company. Um, And what they did was they created the world's first wetting agents. They created the very first um, soil surfactants for turf grass for uh, coating peat moss. So if you buy peat moss at any store, it more than likely has some sort of uh, soil surfactant coating on it from really from Aquatrols. It could be a private label, but it's eventually coming from Aquatrols, the manufacturer. And um, that's exactly what it is. So the company is the manufacturer of wetting agents, soil surfactants. And in the past couple of years, they partnered with Redox, which is a carbon-based fertility line, like kind of out of Idaho. And they do a lot of stuff in turf grass. They do a lot of stuff in agriculture. So what Aquatrols does is that they manufacture their own wetting agents and then redox what they do is they get the products in they re-bottle them and then they they actually sell straight to the turf grass market for re for redox so they have the wetting agent line they have the fertilizer line 
And within the past couple of years, they've created their own HIF line. So they created their own herbicides, insecticides, and fungicides. So a company like a manufacturing company like that, anything that's off patent, you know, that goes for pharmacy, that goes for pharmaceuticals, that goes anything. Anything off patent is fair game. If you can create the formulation, if you can show its efficiency and its efficacy, then you can bottle it yourself and sell it within your own market. So Aquatrols has gone from just a wedding agent company to a you know fertilizer company. Now they sell herbicides, insecticides, and fungicides. So mm-hmm. what, what they do is they then sell straight to a distributor. And then the distributor goes out and they have their sales team who then sells to a golf course, a baseball field, football field, some guys sell in agriculture, uh, some guys sell in row crops, food production, indoor grows, outdoor grows. Um, so really, you know, the scope of, of what what we can provide, like what Aquatrols can provide is anything under the sun. If you grow anything, you know, we got wedding agents, fertilizers, and now an HIF line, um, you know, for you. So Aquatrols ha- is a fully funded sales team, marketing team. Um, they have a research and development team, which I am technically a part of. And I speak with the sales team. You know, I'm telling them what I see. I'm telling them kind of like, you know, the rates I'm going at with some of the fertilizers. The marketing team is coming out week to week to take pictures, you know, and that that's good for social media. That's good for um, some of the Shanghai relationship that we have. Aquatrols actually has a partnership in Shanghai that does all agriculture. So okay. those guys are, you know, taking stuff from the farm and they're putting it out into the Aquatrols world, you know, whether it's going to a distributor, whether it's going to the end user, which is a golf course or, you know, a sports field or row crops and stuff like that. Um, so the headquarters for Aquatrols is actually New Jersey based. So me and Brent are right in the home of Aquatrols headquarters. And the research farm is about 20 minutes um, southeast of the headquarters. So I have a lot of people who come out from headquarters and they, they you know, pick fruit from some of the stuff we have out there. They go for a walk. They catch up with me. They bring their putter and a couple of their clubs. They'll hit some shots. They'll hit some putts. Um, you know, we got greens height Bermuda grass out there. We got greens height bent grass out there. Uh, we have our own fairway now. So like we've created our own kind of attempt at like having people come out and have fun, you know, not just like come out and this is the research we're doing. We want to create an environment for people to come and tour. So we want distributors to come out. We want them to bring superintendents with them. Um, and then we want these guys to have fun, you know, so they can, they can come for the tour. They can hit some pots. They can hit some, hit some uh, chip shots, hit some fairway shots and really kind of get their hands on experience, you know, with a research farm. You can't do that at a university. Don't, don't take a golf club and start divvying up a university plot. It's different in the sense that it's different in the sense, um, 
it sounds like you're saying it's different in the sense that it's a little bit more laid back in terms of, um, you know, how you treat uh, treat the the actual research plots than it would be at a at a university like Rutgers, for instance. I mean, we're familiar with that, and most people in turfgrass world are familiar with whatever research is being conducted at Rutgers. So, yeah. So think about the two different research entities you have. You got private, and you got university. So, you know, Bayer probably has their own research farm. I'm sure Syngenta has their own research farm. You know, BASF, I'm sure they do. And we're just a much smaller company that has our own research farm. So we can do things underneath our own umbrella that we don't want a university to have in their trials. We can do stuff that, you know, we, we're going to do on our own transparency. We're going to do stuff you know, uh, privately, you know, some, a lot of the stuff that I have is, is truly confidential. It's stuff they want to create. And Kev, you can't talk about that. It's got a mm-hmm. number. I'm not even telling you what the product is. This is a yeah. number and it's It's a jug that comes with a number and this is what you're going to spray it at, you know, and this is what you're going to do. And, um, yeah, so you got those two different entities. You got a university and you got me as a private, you know, uh, research farm. So we're doing stuff, but really like what, what the research farm is trying to do is, is capture an audience is try to get people to come out and tour. And, um, we've invited university clubs. So like Penn state has come out, we've tried to get, you know, Rutgers university to come out. And, uh, what we want to do next year is try to get like a Philadelphia a chapter to come out, New Jersey chapter to come out, Delaware chapter, you know, so we want to be able to provide lunch for these guys, be able to, you know, give them the tour, get the hands-on experience. And what that does is, is sell product. You know, we're going to, we're going to show how we use it, why we use it and the results that we're getting. So around the farm, you know, that's, that's the main idea of the farm is to create the environment for people to have hands-on experience. Are you also testing that in conjunction with other products to see how they interact? Do they play well together? I guess is, you know, kind of like a layman's way of putting it. Like, is that something that you're also looking at as you're evaluating a product? Are you saying like, okay, well, how does this interact with this particular pesticide and this particular, um, you know, fungicide, this other fungicide? I mean, do you have it also then broken down into, you know, other things where you're saying like, how do these other other things interact with our with your product or yeah yeah so i will do your due diligence when you're creating a product that's just really what it is um but anything that that we're repatenting or we're trying to bottle and send out it's safe like it's already been you know it's already a formulation like a good example of that is hyperdione which is um you know a fungicide that's widely used so like we already know the chemistry of that we know we're not going to smoke any turf we know we're not going to kill any turf um we know that it plays well with anything else in the tank um you know one thing i can say is like we will do like rate adjustments like we'll say hey we're going to do a half rate 1x 2x 5x 10x let's see what it does you know um you know everything but like everything definitely plays well together with each other so it's it's mostly, you know, if we want to create something new, the research and development team, we want to understand the price point and we want to understand the profit margin on that. So 
we want to see what it looks like at a half rate at 1x, 2x, 5x, because we want to we want to, we want you to utilize that product so you get the best you know bang for your buck, and then you know the company still makes profit. So, you know, it's not really too much of like does it play well with other things because you know the formulation usually does. Yeah. So you guys um, are up in uh, in Jersey up north. So I guess it's, it's probably pretty cold for you guys right now. What are some of the things you guys are doing there on the farm now? I'm assuming there's not much growing going on, but are you guys prepping for next season, planning out what you're going to do? Like, what are you guys kind of working on or doing here in the wintertime? Yeah. So, um, yeah, let me preface that with saying like what some of the grasses, the grass types are on the farm. So like exactly like you're saying, um, you know, before that is, uh, you know, some of the grass types we've got to worry about. So what we're trying to do is show kind of a transition zone. And we have, we have champion Bermuda grass at Greens Height on the farm. We have Zeon Zoysia grass on the farm at Fairway Height. We got Riviera Bermuda grass on the farm at Fairway Height. These are not like varieties that are, are notable for New Jersey. What like one of the things that we're doing with those varieties is showing that you can, you know, if you're treating it correctly, you can grow that grass in New Jersey. And in our setting, like a low income golf course can transition tees, fairways, green banks into Bermuda grass. That way you're you're using less of a pesticide budget. You're using less fertilizers. You're, you're you know, utilizing your budget to the grass type that you have. So like out there right now, um, this, what's the temperature right now? 17 degrees I see on my computer. Uh, that's gonna drop to 11 degrees tonight. So last, uh, yesterday we actually covered our Bermuda grass with tarps. So we have thermal tarps and we covered the Greens Height Champion Bermuda grass because it's not accustomed to New Jersey. And we want to you know, show that with a little bit of TLC, you can get that grass to grow up here in New Jersey. So um, last year, the Riviera overwintered with zero issues. Last year, the Zeon Zoysia grass overwintered with zero issues. Um, we had Primo Zoysia at Greensite, which died. So we actually had some carnage on the farm last year. Um, so that, that Primo got transitioned into the Bermuda grass. And then, yeah, so we covered that. So um, like you're saying, like, what are we doing to kind of prep for the, the new year? It's, it's, you know, what grasses do we need to protect and make sure that they'll be okay come March and come April. And uh, Bermuda grass is our issue. So we're covering them. The bent grasses are no issue. Um, we actually want them to go through the overwintering process and kind of harden off those roots. Um, I have like an issue with the apples to where we get into the winter and the deer think that they're the greatest things to climb on. So I have deer fencing around my apples. I have deer fencing around a magnolia. A, um, so like there's not many magnolias up here, but that's a good transition plant to kind of show that warm season stuff can grow up here. Um, but other than that, like I did my potassium applications. I did a 0050 at the end of the year, kind of early December. And other than that, it's a lot of uh, the redox products that went down with potassium. 
So I used a lot of K plus, which is a 03150. And I used a lot of OxyCal, which is a 0420. And uh, that's kind of how I overwintered the farm. And right now, all we're doing is kind of playing the on, you know, tarps on and tarps off of the Bermuda grass to just keep them not overstimulated. We don't want to ever wake them up, but like we want to uh, allow them to try to overwinter a little bit. So that's kind of like just about the only prep work we have. And other than that, it's kind of, um, you know, just cleaning up from the mess I made all summer. So I'm a one man band out there. I got, I'm the only person employed for 10 acres. I mow, I spray, I irrigate, I fix the irrigation. I do the agricultural planting. I do overseeding. I do the granular applications. Uh, it keeps me busy. So, so Kevin, something, something we like to talk about on the show is deck size. Uh, what are you mowing with over there? Uh, so I got a couple different things. We actually have a Toro fleet. Um, so I have every, everything at fairway height is getting mowed with a Toro 3100 uh, diesel. So that's probably mm. probably like at least 28 inch, you know, three reels, 28 inches. That's, you know, close to what, 90 inches. Okay. Um, I got a little skag mower. I think the, <laughs> skag's, probably like, the skag's probably like <laughs> 36 inches, maybe 48 inches. Not much. That's that little guy does all my rough. Um, I got, I got four different hand mowers of every single age. I got an old Jacobson, uh, PG 22. I got two old Jacobsons that I actually traded with Pine Valley. And I got an old Toro uh, 20 inch um, real mower. So, all right. I got a, a, a interesting fleet of, of random stuff. Do you, have, do you have one you like prefer over the others? Uh, yeah. Uh, the Toro uh, 20 inch real mower is a, it's aggressive. And I like that. So, I got groomers on the front of them and I, I, I groom when I can. And, uh, we started the year on the bank grass greens at probably like just just above 150, and now they're all at they're at an eighth of an inch, so they're all at 125. And uh, I'll actually get them to speed up a little bit in the summer, and guys will have some fun on them. But I do love the other things that we have is the old uh, Jacobson Greens Kings. I don't know if anyone's ever used the old Greens King. Um, those those guys are just tanks. So these things have 3,100 hours on it, 3,500 hours on it. Uh, one diesel, one gas, and they still go strong. That's awesome. Sweet. So do you have like a plan going into the year? Like you said, you're the only person, you know, doing it. So do you like, um, as far as on like, not including the research stuff um, that you, you know, are, are doing like, just as far as like mowing, maintenance like aeration are you doing that like all on a schedule throughout the year like you're just maintaining it um, on top of the rest of the research yeah everything everything is is really has to be uh you know focused on and planned during the week so like with me just just being by myself like if i kind of make the wrong move for a day or make the wrong move for two days i'm two days behind so um, we do not do any core aerification. We do all solid time aerification. 
Um, we just don't have the manpower for me to do that. I do have a Toro Pro Core, which thank God for that. Um, that's, you know, fantastic machine. But I, I do I do plan my days out very specifically. You know, like everything I mow, I mow dry. So I don't mow anything until 11 o'clock in the morning. So 11 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm mowing. But from 8 to 11, I'm working on irrigation or I'm, I'm planning uh, agricultural plantings or getting a tractor ready or, you know, doing some other things, odds and ends, but, but everything gets mowed dry. I have no buckets on anything. Um, so yeah, no, everything's very, you know, I really have to plan out my days and you really have to think about it um, because you can, I've already had it a couple of times where one thing goes wrong and I'm two days behind. Uh, I've said a couple of times, like, Monday at 9 a.m., I'm already behind my week. So you really have to plan your days out correctly. But, I mean, coming into this year, uh, research and development will kind of give me a, hey, Kev, we're going we're gonna to do something in May. We're going to do something in July. We're going to do something August and September. They don't really tell me where, not yet. They don't tell me, like, what the, what the products are going to be. They kind of um, – you know, they fly by to see their pants a little bit too. And they just come out and say, Kev, this is what we're going to test. And then uh, we had a very unique product uh, come out and it was like a wedding agent trial. And he goes, oh, Kev, this is going to the Olympia club, you know, Cisco. So like, let's make sure we do our due diligence because it's going to go on their fairways and tees. So um, it, it's really interesting to see where some of these products actually end up. Yeah, I mean, that's great. And I know, uh, I think Brent kind of hit on it real quick um, that, you know, you guys don't have any residential, you, you don't do residential. Uh, are you guys thinking about doing that, getting into the residential game as far as selling products to uh, us homeowners or are you guys good to where, where are you guys at right now? Yeah, I don't, I can't really say that we don't sell to residential. You know, like us as a manufacturer, we're not selling straight to an end user at any time we're always going through the distributor. So, you know, a distributor, you know, a salesman through a distributor might have some, some, some lawn guys. And I think they do, you know, I think definitely out there, there's some landscape companies using revolution, you know, wedding agents or zip line wedding agents, definitely using redox fertilizers. Um, and I guess some guys, you know, especially the price point, they're probably going to start using the HIF line. So I think I think our stuff definitely does eventually make it down to the landscape and lawn care market. Um, you know, just that's not really our like our responsibility. That's that's to the distributor. So you know, whatever salesman that distributor has, he has his book of business. And if he's selling the landscape guys and, and lawn care, you know, that our stuff is getting down to lawn care and landscape. So I don't think anything's online though. Like we don't bottle stuff and sell stuff online. Yeah. Um, so none of that stuff really exists. Yeah. Um, somebody said in the chat, I think it was Lawn Radiance. Um, he said that he's got a, there's a pro turf supplier that's near him that will sell to the public, I guess. And he's seen, you know, um, Aquatrol's products and uh, what was the other one? Re Redox. Redox, uh, yeah, R-E-D-O-X. D-O-X, okay. Yeah, so he said that he's seen both of those products um, there at a, at another at a store that he has access to. So it um, nice. seems like some of that stuff's out there. 
So that's, you know, it's kind of interesting, but you know, yeah, like you said, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting to know that, you know, so much of it, of the process is, is really kind of separated. Like you don't necessarily know anything or I don't want to say anything, but you don't necessarily know about the distribution parts and who's getting what, unless they tell you. So that's, that's kind of interesting to, to know that it's just kind of, um, you know, segmented, which I guess that, I guess it's like that in a lot of businesses, but um, you know, pretty well, it's, cool. It's that interesting you basically... being the, the manufacturer. So you know, you play that play that pipeline of the manufacturer sells to the distributor, distributor sells to the end user. So like when our sales team comes back, they're looking at their sales numbers that they sold to the distributor. So their their numbers are, hey, I'm selling to five, six, seven different distributors. And then that distributor goes out and sells to a hundred different end users. So it's just a different pipeline and it's just a different customer. Our customers ultimately, it's the end user, but really the people who are buying bulk are distributors. Yeah. So I would imagine like earlier on, um, I pulled up that picture, you know, showing the different sections of, of that piece from the website of the, the test plots you guys have. How do you, uh, I mean, each one are the are you putting on could it be like each one of those sections has different products at different rates at different times like is it can it get pretty hairy keeping track of, of what's going where and when you're applying this and that and, and how do you manage if it's just you do you have like you know we put together lawn journals of our plan for our one little lawn always maybe a little bit bigger but <laughs> i can't imagine what your what your lawn journal is going to look like from month to month doing all those different sections yeah no absolutely so um, I started out, I actually created my own, um, my own, my own spray sheet. So the EPA requires you to have, you know, a certain amount of things, you know, like the application, where it's going, what time it's going down, what rate you're using products, um, the amount you use and stuff like that. So I, I actually created my own EPA sheet and I started doing my own pesticide logging. And then on top of that, actually, you know, today I started. Um, working with a program called Sparks, S-P-A-R-K-S, and it's a superintendent pesticide logging program. So what I do now, like, it was kind of interesting because it already had Redox and Aquatrol stuff in it. So it, it shows that that stuff is very much on the radar, you know. Um, so I, I actually put all the products in. I put their you know, different nutrient analysis in. I actually put also the price of a two and a half gallon jug. So now I'm able to create an application to where uh, I'm saying I go and I spray field number one, two, and three with, you know, four different products. I log that into my program and it gives me how much I used and the actual price of what my spray was. It'll tell me how much I used. So that's a, a good tool for, you know, what we're showcasing to the end user once they come and tour. And each field actually has like a little sign that um, I can write on. So when a tour comes, I'll actually be able to give them. Yeah, that's the record keeping. Um, when a tour comes, I'll actually be able to write like my last spray was, you know, these four products. This was the price of my spray. And then they go out and they walk on the turf and they see what the, um, you know, the quality of turf is. So, yeah, no, it's very extensive. Um, 
I treat everything completely different. Um, one interesting fact I can say is my Bermuda grass, the Riviera Bermuda grass, had zero pesticides, had zero fungicide applications on it this year. But my Kentucky bluegrass ryegrass plot had 10 fungicide applications on it this year. So everything gets treated completely different. And the logging can get very, very muffled if you're not very organized. So luckily, right when I came in in March, I created my own pesticide sheet and I luckily never got behind in that situation because once you get behind with that, you you just don't remember what you sprayed from day to day. So luckily I've kept up with that, but everything's good. Everything gets treated differently. So do you have someone who does like your mower maintenance and works on your equipment? Or are you like, you, are you, you looking at them? Damn. <laughs> so you handle your own deck. That's good. That right there is President Keep it clean. on the left and Pat Jones on the right. You can see some of the construction happening behind him. Oh, that's awesome. But I do I do send my stuff out to get uh, the reels grinded. So I have an old friend um, who's a mechanic and luckily lives two miles from the farm. And uh, I'll drive everything down and he'll sharpen everything up for me. I know a guy in Jersey who might come cut it for you. <laughs> yeah, bring him, bring him out. Brent, we can have a, maybe we can have a mo party. Maybe we can have a real mo party, like introduction, like Kevin's introduction to real mowing for like everybody in Jersey, like me and the longineer and, uh, you know, like LTZ. Who, who, yeah, LTZ and, um, velvet lawn like maybe everybody can like pile in the car and <laughs> head over there we'll have like kevin's intro to how to reel mow and then a get us all hooked and, yeah and then and then get us all hooked and get all of our wives ready to divorce us when we go by uh <laughs> oh. gotta get your steps in man yeah, yeah. No, actually Damn. so I, I bought i bought an <laughs> exercise watch and and i've done i've done twenty thousand <laughs> steps in one day easy <laughs> so anyway listen we're doing something different for uh the lawn of the week this week so we have the watch party these guys have been big time big time fans they got drinks we've seen we've seen drinks and we've seen uh hors d'oeuvres and we've seen t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a new year's eve party like every tuesday at their house <laughs> we, we've so even guys, been promised we want to uh, kick it over to you and let you guys talk about lawn of the week this week and um who who you picked sounds good introduce yourself Bio yeah, introduce yourselves remind to... remind everybody please like uh what your what your instagrams are you know lawn instagrams whatever who's on the couch <laughs> yeah this is this is behind the stripe right here i'm ice moose 21 aka lawn sis um just a little <laughs> how'd you come history. up with that name ice moose yeah ice moose Loves mooses. way back like uh aim aol <laughs> I just want to give a little history because I feel like a lot of people are wondering who we are, but um, back probably episode 35, 36, 
Joe came over. We always do um, Martini Tuesdays as a fam, kind of like sibling night. So there's always a themed cocktail. And Joe said, hey, um, we need to turn this KOTG live cast on. I might be the one of the week. And so we like sat here with anticipation that like he was going to win this thing. And so like lawns kept flashing and flashing on the screen. And then like all of a sudden, you know, his lawn came up, but he did not win. And so sister disappointment. Oh, oh deserved that one though. As long as he's a killer that week, I would tell him so. Rudy, I think Rudy picked that week, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> But that's when Lawn Sis went into full lobbyist mode. <laughs> full force. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, get, we were like, I do, we need yeah. DM oh, somebody yeah. saying that their brother should have won or something. We're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, settle down. These guys got awesome lawns. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> so I was told, you know, he's going to win. Just hang on, hold tight. So. It would be, it just became a thing. Every Tuesday we got together, we had to turn on KOTG. We became this like watch party. We love that you guys went along with it and it was awesome. He did win. So that was really great for us too. And so we just love supporting you guys and you're a wonderful group. And um, we're super excited for you guys. A thousand K almost a year. So thank you for having us. And this is really exciting for us too to announce the lawn of the week because it's kind of how it all got started for us too so yep so lawn of the week this week uh he's got had a couple like really great entries we're gonna go with mellow's joint hey Hey, down under oh yeah there's some really nice strikes right there (laughs) very nice that's doing good work down there right now oh yeah that's nice solid stripes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep them they always they got what such clean they? lines. Yeah, yeah. Stripes, yeah. stripes <laughs> not lines. Stripe life approved. No, I meant I meant like the the edges, like on the edges, you know, like the edging, edges, yeah. crisp edges, so tight, <laughs> cut short. Well, yeah, and, you and know, then those lines, the stripe, I mean, stripes, behind, those are good behind the stripe does that. You do that, right? You do that. Yeah. You do the stripes, and then you hit it with the. The ba- yeah. the uh, the outside perimeter outside pass border yeah. pass. Yeah. Yeah. gotta have that. Sweet, no. frame it. Congrats. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, let's see those shirts. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, look at all those shirts, man. I gotta know if you guys have gone out in public all with all of them yet. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Going to a local bar or something with them all next. Next target yes. run. Oh, watch yeah. party. They're yeah, super comfy too. Yeah, That's, we love that. Yeah, pick up a very couple soft. Yeah, Australia is Australia's amazing. You know, it's like I follow a lot of Australian pages. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just to keep my feet, you know, keep my feed updated with some green in the uh, winter time. But also, those guys, man, I'll tell you what, the amount of people in Australia that are real mowing and oh yeah. Um, and just have like absolutely just knockout lawns is uh, is amazing to me. I have to wonder if Australia has any rotary mowers. All I see is real. Yeah, no, they might not. I don't yeah. know. They might <laughs> not sure even they make do. It. Yeah, but that's true. I, I haven't seen one. <laughs> no, I think it's crazy. I see those guys mowing like barefoot. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Like, yeah, I don't know. My shoes are stained green, so I have I couldn't imagine <laughs> mowing my mowing my yard barefoot. Well, I can't imagine mowing my lawn barefoot because it's like try as I might, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I can go out there like two different times during the day, and I still can't get all the dog craps picked up. So you know, it's like <laughs> it, it's inevitable that I always miss like one or two, and then it gets run over. I want to give a quick Ooh. shout out to Papa Mo's Low. Thank you Papa, for the super thank chat, you, brother. Hey, Papa. Oh, yeah. I, I like his, uh, he coined the phrase greatest show on turf, and I'm, I'm mm. okay with that. I'll, I'll take you better that. better believe I it. Like it. I like you it. You got to come back on, Papa, sometime. Oh, that'd be yeah. fun. He, uh, he was one of the first, or the first. Yeah. Uh, we say I'm that every Papa. time. But uh-huh. thanks, thanks again to the uh, watch party. We don't expect you guys to name any kids after us or anything like that, but, <laughs> you know. If you want to, oh, if, Cody if you want to, Brian is a really oh, great yeah. man. Well, it's kind of cool to see a lontism around somewhere, you know. <laughs> Even better. That's hilarious. Well, we only got we only got about uh ten minutes left here. Uh, hey, Kev, where where can everybody find you on Instagram, and where can they like keep up with you know? what you what you got going on to find some some sweet pictures of your your farm and everything else uh well i know on instagram aqua trolls does have their own uh social media so twitter and instagram very active for aqua trolls um they they actually post a lot of stuff of the farm they post a lot of stuff of people like in the uk or people in america you know, like kind of popping up the sprays that they had that week. Uh, so very unique. You know, I know Twitter is huge for uh, Aqua Trolls. And uh, me personally, my name is Kevin Zero Run, uh, no spaces. And I just bought a house in um, late October. So I'm going to be revamping my yard too. I got about, uh, I would say at least an acre, maybe about an acre and a quarter and it goes straight back. I actually had to clear a whole bunch of crappy brush and I got nothing but dirt out there. So nice. I'm going to be going through from start to finish. I'm going to be, you know, controlling weeds to start and growing grass in the fall. So I'll be. What are your, uh, what are your, do you have a plan for your, for your new home? Like what kind of, what kind, do you have a grass type that you picked out? Or are you going to just, are you going to overseed? Are you going to smoke everything off and do a total reno? Um, what kind I'm of gonna, grass do you want to grow? Like talk to that. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So the, it was really funny. The person I bought my house from, she was like an older lady and she prided herself on being organic. And like, that's great. The whole yard is weeds, you know, like I got clover wall to wall. I got every single um, broadleaf that you can kind of imagine. So to start the year, it's going to be controlling weeds. I'm going to control weeds all uh, summer and then I'll grow grass in the fall um, because I have a very shaded area. Um, So I'm going to be doing, tall fescue and that's probably it probably just straight tall fescue throughout the whole thing maybe some fine fescue um i might have to get two different blends for that but i'll do three-way herbicide you know to to kill all my broad leaves i'll do a pre-emergent fertilizer um i'll do maybe just a straight pre-emergent in the soil area that's pretty much straight dirt just to keep all the real nasty stuff down and i'm not really going to fight I'm not going to fight it in the summer. I'm going to grow grass in the fall. I've ran a little uh, hand aerator 
like a, a walk behind aerator, go make some holes, go throw some seed, go throw some fertilizer and uh, probably do that like mid-September, October 1st, and hopefully get a turf stand by Thanksgiving and then just let that overwinter. But the cool thing I do have is I have uh, the skeleton of a greenhouse. They have oh, a nice. hoop house here. Yeah, so a uh, hoop house that has not been used. So I'm going to bring that thing back and start growing some leafy greens and grow some spinach, some some lettuce, some kale, you know, just pretty much anything I can eat. So. Nice. It's going to be the pretty Sweet. basic, you know, control weeds and grow grass in the fall. That's what I always tell people. Nice. Somebody asked about poa constrictor. Have you, uh, you have any in the chat, you had any um, experience with poa constrictor? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually sprayed some poa constrictor this year on bent grass. <clears throat> and um, I'm pretty sure it's not labeled uh, for bluegrass or ryegrass. So you got to be careful with the label. Um but yeah, poa constrictor, it's, it's a, uh, it's a knockdown, you know, it, it takes down poa. So, um, just be careful with how you use it. It's technically a fumigate. So, um, hmm. yeah, no, but that's, that's actually a, uh, Aquatrol's brand. Yeah. I think that's why you they use were, it as uh, a post control. Yeah. Just be careful. I mean, it, it'll smoke. Um, I think Kentucky bluegrass can't go anywhere near it. So it'll it'll hit some different varieties. So definitely have to read the label. But yeah, it takes takes Poe out. Is that uh, etho etho fumicate like forty two percent? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but a lot of guys use it on bent grass, fairways, tees, and greens because it, it doesn't really ding the the bent grass, but it'll take Poe out. Interesting. I was looking at the some of these products that our controls come out with these different uh chemicals and stuff and i just the, the names of these things are amazing like it reminds me of like mm -hmm. barenbrook like you know like i don't know working mm -hmm. at pharmacy we got names like zizol and zerbactive and a lot of z's and x's and y's but this is like basilisk and griffin avatar <laughs> these are so cool they, <laughs> do you know the theme you want to guess that theme Poa constrictor. Yes. Like the Witcher and whatnot. Yeah, that's cool. Everybody. That's the interesting thing, this research and development stuff. Like the product manager, you work side by side with these guys, they have to create a name and they go through, they spend <laughs> money on like, you know, name cool development. <laughs> and so, like, the guy who actually created those names was a big Harry Potter person. So, all that stuff is that's like awesome. driven that's through cool. Harry Potter names. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny. They have like an excerpt of like our salesman trying to save Basilisk, and uh, the Southern guys, not a chance, not a chance. <laughs> the market research has indicated that Harry Potter is a hard yes across the board. Yep. <laughs> I may or may not you be may. wearing Gryffindor sweatpants right now that my wife got me like, for Christmas. Like the names are cool, but could you imagine? going to your doctor and he'd be like yeah i think you need a prescription of medusa and you're like, oh, what's that for <laughs> oh it's good trust me i don't know we'll take so care funny. of that so cool just a more, way more creative got. and fun yeah <laughs> anyway that's neither here nor there i just thought that was funny uh, uh, it, is funny. it is unique yeah <laughs> oh you got a generic of that ethofemosate don't you yes it's um made by uh right line out of Georgia, okay. and it's just uh, called Eco Four. 
Derek uh, was saying he didn't think it was for uh, rated for residential turf, but it I, is I as of right now. But that's going to change. Okay, so stock up because <laughs> <laughs> it'll be approved for residential turf for about one year. <laughs> Get your roundup too while you're at it. Yeah, yeah. to send me a syringe, Oli. Right. <laughs> you can get it from a chemical warehouse. Okay. It's about, uh, I think it's like 84 bucks for a half gallon shit. Cool. All right. You got, anybody else got any other questions or wind it down here? Coming to an end. Well, it's been a lot of great information, Kevin. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on and spilling, giving us a. Uh, lowdown on all that it looks like a pretty cool you know a lot of us admire those that get to do this for a living and um you know you're definitely one of those people so we're glad you could come on and share the wisdom yeah no thank you thank you so much for having me you know uh congratulations on the 50th episode and you know congratulations to 50 more i'm sure you guys will have them if you if you're new here or if you're listening on the uh podcast audio be sure to check us out online. Uh, Instagram is keep.off.the.grass. And uh, there you can enter for uh, Lawn of the Week as we look forward towards spring. Um, you know, oh, yes. Make sure that you're, you're keeping those Lawn of the Week submissions coming. And uh, use a hashtag on a post or a reel, not a story. And um, you know, kotg.live is the website. With uh, you know, some links and some photographs, merch store, all those I'll good get things. Your merch. All right, guys. Well, guess what next week is? One year anniversary. So Yay-o. tune in. We're gonna have some fun, kick back, relax, celebrate, thank all you guys, and maybe talk more about plans for the next year.